Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Turn of Events, where we help put a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Nave with Nave Productions. We are a strategic event production company based in New York City. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings. We are also, so we can help you take your virtual event, because that's what's happening right now, or virtual events, Take your live event to a virtual event. If you have a, vir- a live event that you want to take to virtual, we'd love to consult with you and help you out with that. If you have an idea for a virtual event, please contact us. We're happy to talk about that as well. We also just launched a Facebook group, which I am super excited about. And it's for event planners who are looking to start their own business or they have a business and it's, they don't know what to do with this new time of COVID and everything that's been happening. Go to Event Planner Society. Love to have you over there. Again, it's for event planners. So we just, we want to make sure we keep it really close knit with event planners and how we can help you. I'm going to be doing a free workshop and giving you all kinds of tips and information to get your business started. All the 30 years of experience that I have in my belt, I'm going to share with you. So please join me over at Event Planners Society. And today I have really a close friend of mine, Joan Pelzer. She is the founder of Joan Pelzer Social and Joan Pelzer Media. It's a digital marketing agency. And we're going to talk about social media for virtual events. And we're going to talk about live as well, but what you should do and all the little ideas about marketing your virtual events. So Joan, how are you, my darling? Hello. I was just thinking maybe I should get out my phone and start doing some live of us while we're live. (laughs) Live of us going live. Exactly. Why don't you first tell everybody about you and where you come from, how you got here, all that good stuff. And then we'll get into all kinds of questions about this. So I've had my own business for about seven years now. It's hard to believe it goes fast. I know it goes by fast, right? It goes by really fast. And prior to this, I had been doing digital marketing for other people and It's really interesting that we're talking about this today because one of the companies that I was doing digital marketing for was a catering and event company based in Long Island City. And we started doing a lot of live while we, and it was really before that took off. We did this at the different events that they would host. Like they did an episode of Whose Wedding Is It Anyway? And they did all these different types of things. And I would grab my phone and run around and chase them. And they'd be like, cut it out. Leave us alone. Why is this important? And then all of a sudden, one day it became important because a bride came off of Pinterest using Pinterest to plan her wedding and hired this company. Then I realized, okay, this stuff works. Yeah. A lot of people don't use Pinterest as much as they should, including myself. But if you would like to talk about that, we can also talk about that as well. But so a little bit about you. So a little bit about me. That was where I started this part of my career. Prior to that, I was actually, I'm also an actor and a producer. I have my own production company. been doing that for a long time. I have an MBA in finance and international business. So I understand the creative side and the business side. Right. And I've been doing work in marketing for all different companies, Verizon, American Express uh, catering company. I was also with Waterford, Wedgwood, Royal Dalton, China, and Crystal Company for many years doing marketing and merchandising. And then I transitioned into the totally the digital side and started my own company. And here I am now living in New York City and running my own company. Good, bad, in between. All the ugly, too. All the above. Everybody <laughs> the company can feel your pain, so we're aware of that. Yeah. We okay. do love it. I love it. Yeah, there is there is something really special about having your own business, and it's challenging. We support each other always, and yep. okay, great. All right, so when let's dive right in. I got lots of questions here that I want to ask. So when should, for you. Yeah, great. when should we begin a social media campaign for virtual events? This is a really great start. It is a great start, and I'm going to say there's never an early time that wouldn't work. So start as soon as you possibly can. Now, this is not always possible. You don't always have the resources. You don't always have the the woman power or the man power to do this. And you may not have the information, but it's really good to do. I'll give you a great example of this. I'm working right now on a film festival, Granada 
the islands in the Caribbean 1261 Film Festival. We just started working. It's a hybrid this year. It launched, it was in person last year. This year, it's completely a hybrid. So there's some boots on the ground, but there's a lot that's going to be virtual. We started, we're seven weeks out, and we just started. And the goal is a thousand ticket sales. So we have to have a goal. And your goal may or may not be met, but you have to then back out of what you're doing to plan when you begin your online push for it. Yes. So, I mean, if we would have started sooner, that would have been great. Yeah. You also have to be realistic. As an event planner, you don't always have control of all those pieces. And do you put certain pieces out and let everyone know about it when they're not ready? So yeah. So yeah. they're being ready. And also, a lot of people are, it took people a while to get on the virtual bandwagon. Yeah. So they were, we, no one really thought, should I be doing a virtual event? It took them a while to figure out to get, even like I do a lot of fundraisers, the boards weren't on board. They, they usually they're a lot older board. People on the boards are a lot older and so they just don't get this whole virtual thing. So it takes time. And so I haven't been able to market, my clients haven't been able to market their events that far out right now for virtual. So right. ideally, of course, we would like to have enough time to save the dates and get the marketing going. And, but it hasn't really been working like that. We're, we're usually booking people like sometimes a month out for their virtual. We're the time everything is approved and the contracts are signed and the payments are made. We're starting a month out. So it's a little tricky. Well, I'll give you good news on that front. Listen, nobody planned this. Nobody yeah. knew how long this would go. I wake up some days and I'm happy. And some days I wake up and I go, really, we're still in this. I still have to put a mask on. That being said, I find that the planning of people's schedules is very different now. Yeah. People are keeping a lot of time open because they don't know what tomorrow or next week or the following week will be like. So that's actually good news because that means even if you put on an event, like you said, a month out, you still can get people interested and excited to come to your event because they don't have to book a plane, make all of these arrangements to get to a physical place. Even for me doing a networking event at 7 a.m. every week, I don't have to spend a half an hour getting there. So yeah. that time that I now have, and people say yes more often right now to come to events in a shorter amount of time, lead time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know how you do the 7 a.m. I'm not the 7 a.m. girl, and I know you've invited me many times. I'm like, no. and you always say no. <laughs> Listen, I take a while. I'm not a morning person. I like to take my time in the morning. I like to get my workouts in. I don't want to have to get up and be ready because I feel like I don't think people are getting camera ready that much anymore. I do for this, but honestly, my hair is up, no makeup most of the time now. It's a little different. All right, so when- I want to say something. It's funny that you said getting camera ready because yeah. my client's office today and my right. one of the clients noticed, she goes, oh, you did your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on camera. I, I actually did my eyebrows. Today. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's bad when the client knows that you did something special for something. I know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do yours when I put you on camera later today. No, I know. You got to, sometimes you got to do it, but other times we're just too busy and we just want to get the work done. So I get it. All right. So how can I find and engage guest speakers on social media? That's a great question. And I'm going to give you an answer with an example. Okay. So I was working with this big accounting firm and their nonprofit arm of the accounting firm really wanted to do events. They were doing events like four times a year, once a quarter. And their events were all geared towards bringing together nonprofits with businesses that contributed to nonprofits. So it was in a way a networking opportunity. Right. So they wanted to get some bigger speakers. They had always done these events and I was brought in. We were relaunching this whole concept mm -hmm. and renaming it, rebranding it. And we said, why don't we at least try on social media to see if we can engage some of the bigger guests that you're looking to get. And I will tell you, it worked. We went on Twitter and we were able to get in front of the people that ran Charity Navigator and GuideStar. The two men that ran both of those organizations were always on Twitter. Right. And we were able to engage them. And you want to do this in a very authentic way. 
You don't want to just start soliciting people. You want to make sure you know who they are. You want to understand that they relate directly to whatever event you're hosting and make sure it's a good connection. And then you get to know them, get to know their point of view and who and what they are, and then engage them. And we actually engaged them online, took the relationship offline, and were able to book both of them. And they were thrilled wow. to speak. It was a big event, about 200 people in New Jersey. That's great. It was a fantastic event. Yeah. Social media is amazing. Like I have my, I'm all over as you really. And I love that you're doing this and giving resource to people who may not have it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And if anyone missed, cause you talked about doing this yesterday, I did a whole thing on mindset and with Danielle and she was amazing. If you guys missed it, it was so good. It's really any business, anything in life is mindset. So Go check that out tomorrow. But I want to go back for one second because I wanted to ask about the, that's a really amazing story. And Twitter is amazing because I know one of my friends who is a Liz King events. She built her, you love her. She built her business on Twitter, which I thought was like, I hardly use Twitter. To be honest, Twitter's not like my go-to. I do LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Um, Twitter is just not, I, I post on there, but I just don't engage. Like I think I just I don't know. It just never was. I, I don't. I have more to say than forty characters. <laughs> you, you can actually expand your threads now, so you don't just have to use the forty characters. So see, I'm just not. Yeah. And social media one on one. Yes, I need some. But honestly, I can only do so much. Mm-hmm. However, I want to go back just to the social media. The when you should begin your social media campaign. Yes. Is, and I want to ask, is it too, is it, is there a time when it's too far out that you shouldn't? Obviously, if we only have a couple months, we have a couple months, yep. but is it, is there a time when it's too far out that you should not? Like what's the, the latest that you should, or the earliest that you should be marketing? So for every answer I give you, there's always another side to it. Okay. So there may be certain events that it's too soon. Right. However, out of sight, out of mind. And that's what social media is really all about. That's what gets me excited personally about social media. And that's also what frustrates me. During this pandemic, I've turned off social media a little bit for myself. I've gone on as clients. I've helped clients grow on it. But for my own personal use, it was a lot of input to take in. And I was feeling a bit of overwhelm. And so I pushed back a little bit and missed certain things. People would say, you didn't see I posted this. You didn't see I posted that. I invited you to this event online. What you have to remember is who are you going after? Who is your audience? Right. When are they online? And how do you want to impact them? So let's say you're in that, you do a lot in the nonprofit space. Let's say you're planning a charity event and you usually, I know, plan them a year in advance because you have to do sponsors and things like that. If you're going to do that a year in advance, that's a great time to start going on social media and talking about it. In fact, I'll even say, go on immediately following last year's event to start talking about next year's event so that you get people engaged and excited in advance. And then they keep remembering, oh, she's going to do this again. She's going to do this again and again. But there's certain times where maybe you don't want to go forced a year in advance. Maybe you want to trickle it out or ease it out. Let's use the Emmys as an example. So the Emmys went virtual this year and it was really cool. They were telling you about it and most people probably weren't even putting the date in their calendar to watch it. I know I wasn't, but what I paid attention to was they ramped it up a couple of weeks before, specifically a couple of days before. I didn't know what I was doing on Sunday night. If I was going to be home, if I wasn't going to be home, was I going to watch it? Wasn't I going to watch it? And then when I saw it on social media that it was starting, I immediately put the TV on and taped it. And right. watching a little bit of it live and then trying to get on and do some live tweeting for it at the same time, which I missed because it wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So there's, it really, I'm going to say it again, it really depends on what the event is that you're doing, and if you're selling tickets, or if you're informing people, if you're trying to get guests, or if you're trying to get audience, depends on what you're doing, how far you start out. Yeah. 
Is that answering the question? Yeah, it does. I just, there's always, even my clients, sometimes they're like, no, we don't want to start yet. Or we're going to just, we're not going to start till six months out or five. And again, for sponsorships, you need to start at least a year in advance because they're hard to get. And you need to know who, and it's, you need to know um, what kind of sponsorships you're getting and when are they, when's their fiscal year and when do they have the money to give and things like that. So that's a little off of on the social media side, but well, I want to add to that because if you're trying to get sponsors and you get a few and you start announcing it yeah, in advance, that could be good in order to help propel others to actually say yes. It really depends on what type of event. Again, overall, you definitely want to give people some notice with social media, but you also don't want to be annoying. Yeah, I know. And people feel like they are. But you have to remember, the algorithms change and they, you may post 15 times and they don't see it. Yep. So if you feel like you're bugging people, that's just too bad. They're not your people. <laughs> and so if they don't want to follow you, then whatever. Yep. Okay, so which platforms might be right for which events? Absolutely. So I talked about Twitter, your favorite platform. <laughs> it's not. I know. So if you want to do a live stream, then Twitter's the way to go. Twitter is an opportunity to be quick and in the moment. A lot of the guys that do radio, like the Joe Piscopo show and the Bernie and Sid show, a lot of them use Twitter. And I mentioned those two shows because that's the two my client is on quite often. And I'll do live with and, and for them. And they have a built-in audience on Twitter that will be with them live and want to talk with them right on Twitter and engage them and they'll tag other people. So it really depends on what you're doing. I happen to love doing live video. So it depends on your event. It depends on your clients. If you're doing a wedding, I'd say jump on Instagram. Right. A lot on Instagram. Any social events where you're going to have a lot of great photos and great images. If it's an event that you socially distanced, as we know now, an outdoor event where you can capture video or photos, Definitely go on a platform that allows more creativity, like an Instagram. And they have a lot of options that you can do. But you also have to remember, where is your audience? Yeah. Where, where is the guest that's coming to the event or the person buying the ticket that's coming to the event? Where are the speakers that are speaking at the event, if you have a speaker? Or where is just the general audience? If it's, uh, let's say, a charity event, are these people part of a special group on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn? Is it a business group? Perhaps they're on LinkedIn. Right. Or maybe they're on Pinterest. And maybe you want to do some things on Pinterest to get in front of them. If you're doing things for fashion, beauty, and food, I'd say definitely use Instagram and Pinterest. People are not necessarily using Pinterest the way they could be right now to show what's going on and promote events. So can you give some tips on using Pinterest? Absolutely. So you can create all different boards on Pinterest. You don't have to be just food, beauty, or fashion. People use it for business. People use it for film. They use it for law. Every area can use Pinterest. And then you can take those and promote them on other platforms. So let's say you create a board on Pinterest you can turn it into a slideshow on Instagram. You can then share that as a little video clip or as the same slideshow on LinkedIn or on Facebook. You can also do it on Twitter. And why not take your phone and do a live video of something that's running and then use that on another platform? So get creative. I want to say don't get all buttoned up and polished all the time. People really know what's going on in the world and they know that it's not easy, that we all are grabbing for those pixie six straws that have fallen on the ground and which one am I gonna grab and then knock everything else over. So pick and choose and be authentic doing it and don't worry if you aren't perfect. Right. Just do something to get the word out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to learn that it's, I mean, there was one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get out. I'm just going to brush my hair. I'm going to throw lipstick on and I probably will do that at some point, but, and I don't, but it's not like I, it takes, it's not, 
hard to do my hair. So that's easy. Throwing rollers in it is easy. I'm lucky. Well, you could even talk about behind the scenes at an event by not being all polished and perfect. You and I just did a virtual event. I did a live video. I walked through. I had a mask on and whatever. I didn't care. But you know what? And that those are, type, those are the things that are good. When I saw that, people don't really understand the depth of what goes on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And somebody will say, oh, it's so expensive to do an event. Do you know the detail that goes in behind the scenes that you don't have to worry about? It's like producing a movie. Yeah. You know, every little piece goes to make this one event, one day sometimes. Yeah. Look, it's virtual is all technology. And so if you don't have a good tech team, oh, yeah. I, you saw there were 13 people on our tech team. We had two tracks. One was upstairs, one was downstairs. And I was the point person for the, the on-site tech event producer. And it's, it takes a lot of people to do it. And that's why it costs money because you had, and it, it was flawless. It was really amazing. And we're, it's so exciting to do those. And the client was super happy. So we're happy about that, but it doesn't take a lot of people. Do you miss the in-person? I miss a little bit of the in-person. I would have to say, so I had I went on site with my team, with the AV team. I went to their studio in New Jersey, and I was on site. And it was nice. I didn't have an audience, but it was a different kind of platform, obviously. It's yeah. so different. But we've done them before, so we're used to that. But yes, I enjoyed the hustle bustle of everybody's like, oh, you're running back and forth upstairs and downstairs. And I was like, this is nothing. Like compared to the running I do for three and four day events and you know, it's crazy. So it was nice to do that. I, of course I miss live. I'm a live event producer. So it's, I do miss it, but it'll come back and then I'll be like cussing it out again. <laughs> You're like, oh, can we go back? I know, exactly. Be careful what you wish for. It's always that way. There's nothing like you spending the year putting an event together and then you're on site and it's just the production of it is my favorite. And, and there's, listen, I do virtual all the time, but my client here, I'm at a law firm today. There's nothing like being in person with someone. It's yeah. just the dynamic. You feel the energy of another human being. And it is something that I know we all miss. And I was, I don't go to a lot of people's offices. This is the only one I really go to. And right. I have a client and I we do outside. Yeah. That's the only other one I see in person. But this is... To me, I get to hear and feel and see what's really going on. Yeah, it was nice. It was all yeah. masks the whole time. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing some site visits. I've had taken clients for site visits for year, for events or weddings next year. And we all wear masks and we're social distancing. And it's just nice to be around humans. So it is so... How much social media should I do while my event is taking place? And I've seen you work, so you're like a maniac. I do a lot of pictures on site, and I try to post <laughs> while I'm doing them. I usually do my posting after because I'm producing, and I can't. I have to pay attention right. to the event. Right. But you and I work together, and you're like a maniac on site. And I remember the days when nobody was doing what you did. They were like, social. I don't need a social director on site. Like, why would I need that? That's like the most important piece, of, at least one of the important pieces of having your social media is having someone on site when it's actually going and you don't have to think about it. It, make, it takes the event to another level, I think. Totally agree. I totally agree with you. And listen, you don't have to have it. Right. You have to have anything. When you do that, it gives you a, a level of elevation of the event. It makes the event that much more special. Right. I've done it for business events and social events. I actually was a social media director for my friend's wedding. Oh, that's great. And everyone's using the hashtags, yep. everything. So I said, give me your phone and I'm going to use mine and yours and your new husband's and I'm going to use Instagram and we're going to go back and forth and she got better images than even from the photographer because I was able to get in places. The photographer can't go everywhere. And I would go with her when she walked outside just to have a moment and I'd be able to capture something. There is something, I think you get, I, I love the, the on-site live social for events because you get to capture the real feeling behind the scenes. And I love the behind the scenes. As we know, look at all the reality shows. Behind the scenes, people really want to know what really takes place, what it's really like. 
when I've done, I did a political event. My One of my clients was maybe going to run for an office. So we did this big blowout political event. And I had two other marketing assistants with me with their phones doing live social media around the room. It looked like he was going to run for governor. It became this big thing. And people, he got business from it because people were coming to this live feed going, oh, my God, what kind of an event? And I think for nonprofits especially, and I know you do a lot in the nonprofit world, having live at an event makes people just that much more engaged in what the charity is all about when they, even if they're not there, even if you didn't, they didn't pay for the ticket to be there, they get some FOMO, which yeah. is another, it's nice to give them that creation of a little FOMO that they, they missed this really special event with this really special topic or these guests that were there and they didn't get it in the moment, but it can still give them access to it and it can give the nonprofit a new stream of revenue from people that may not want to or be able to or even sometimes be able to afford to come to right. it, but yet they can feel like they can contribute anyway. I mean, I just, I love the live at events because I really do love capturing the things you don't see okay and so what how do you translate then to a virtual and and what's the difference like how do you do it for a virtual event okay i'm going to talk about i'm going to take that and take it in two parts so i also have attended big business events like salesforce for instance right. these big events all the time and they were both virtual and in person, and I used to go to them in New York in person, and I'd be involved in the back end of the live by just following a hashtag, which is the number sign for those of you who may not know. Hashtag is the number sign with whatever the event is, like Dreamforce or charity event number one. I'm just going to, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to name any individual charities. At home, but when you're doing that, you feel part of that community when you're involved in doing that. And then the second side of it is, you also get to, when you do it in your home and you're doing and you're seeing the live, you can follow it and feel like you're in front of the people. Right. So even if you're not doing an in-person event, you're doing this type of an event, you can do that and make people feel more connected. Think about how many times have you recently, I know for me, I've been on a Zoom where there's a hundred people or a thousand people you can't feel part of that community with so many people. But if you start seeing live going on here, you can feel directly engaged and you can feel seen and heard. You will get your comments answered or you'll get liked. And then you can connect to people that you may not even see on the screen. And here's another example. Yesterday or two days ago, the film festival I was talking about in Granada, we decided to, to start the social media and launch it by, I interviewed the founder and the marketing and business development directors. Mm -hmm. We did a Zoom and I literally just used my phone. It was very piecemeal. I used my phone. We did an Instagram live. We did a Facebook live and we did Twitter. And I just literally held it up to the screen while I was on. And sometimes I was off. Sometimes they were focused. And it made other people feel connected. Now that lives on social media and we can reshare that all over the place. And right. so it's a virtual event. We did it as a virtual event, but now it's being shared as a live real event. And so one of the things that we did on our last virtual event a couple weeks ago was because there's no, we don't want a whole lot of people on site. Right. Uh, I was with the tech team, as I said. So I snapped a bunch of pictures. So we had a list. It's get put a list together of the different shots that you want yep. so that you can pay attention because you can't remember everything. So put a list together. And so I knew that I was going to be busy and I said, I'm going to do my best, but I'm pretty good about doing that and taking shots and stuff like that. So I, because I was on site, I was able to get behind the scenes and the tech guys and all of this stuff that she would not the, the social director would not, social media director would not have been able to do. Right. So I was just texting her. It's just easy, simple, texting yeah. her, taking the pictures, texting them to her, and then she was doing her thing. Yeah. So you want to think about, sometimes I was able to juggle that, but if other people aren't, you've got to think about putting assigning somebody to do that because you're otherwise you're virtual. You're not going to be able to get it. And if you have a great system in the background, you want people to see what's going behind the scenes and 
especially for my business. But as a client, this is what it took to pull together this event that looked flawless and easy, but it really wasn't. And then they realized the work that goes in and then appreciate what you do even more. You Wow, your job is even harder now because now you're balancing everything. And fortunately or unfortunately, you're probably now going to have a mix of clients who they may want to do in person, but they also may want to do hybrid. And you're like, that client is now going to do more of those events. Yeah. Because it was such a success, which is great. I have to say, it's more nerve wracking for me because technically I don't have control. And if when you're not in person, yeah. um, when, when you're in person, you can fill space. So the computer doesn't go down. The screen does, doesn't go down. There's someone on stage. And they, if, if there's a glitch in the lights or something, it's right. okay. They can get that fixed. But when you're on a virtual event, if that goes down, everybody does, nobody, it's not like you can fill anything. So it's a little more nerve wracking. So you really need a great tech team. I can't express that enough. If not us, someone else, but you really need, even if it's just one person, you don't need to just, it's really important to help run your slides, do your videos, switch to the, get the people in. It just makes it look so much nicer and more professional. And then people will get bored. You're going to lose your audience if you don't do it that way. I agree with you saying you, you took the pictures and you did all of that behind the scenes. If you could have somebody there just doing that for you, yeah. so you can focus on something else, even using your phone to do it, then you'd have that afterwards. And it, not everyone can afford to bring someone in. Right. So maybe they, in that case, maybe they bring in someone that's less expensive, maybe an intern or something that can at least be on site helping you. And it doesn't have to be the whole day. So if it's a three-day event, right. bring them in for four hours or three hours. How many pictures, as long as you get some shots, you don't need to be there all day, every day. So you can cut the time down for somebody to be there. It's worth the money to have it. And so all the videos and all the stuff that we did, it's worth having that. Absolutely. Okay. So do I, or don't I live social media for events? I say, yes, you do. Yeah, I know. I love it. I say, absolutely. You live for events. You do not have to live the whole time. You really don't, but you can do little pieces of it here and there and let people in and seeing what's going on in the background. I don't do it the whole entire time. It would be too much for people. Plus, it depends. If you're doing an event that people are paying to come to, if you're living it, then everyone is seeing it the whole time, then why did I come and pay for it? So it's a give and take, but again, Coming and paying for it means you're in person, you get that experience of in the community, but being behind the scenes and seeing it at home or on your computer, it is going to be different, but living it gives you the opportunity to get a little bit of both. Because then also the people that were at the event, they may be engaging you right then and there. Yeah, it's super, I'm horrible. And I swear every event I say, okay, I'm going to go live while we're setting up. I'm going to go live so I can explain what we're doing, but I'm so busy. And then I tell my team, now remind me, I need to put somebody on it. So I remind me to do this live. I want to do it. I think I'm getting better now because I am so used to going live now, but it is a struggle. And then I, before I know it, I'm just too involved in the setup. I have clients who will go and they'll be on news. They'll be on the news one day or they'll be in an event somewhere someday. And sometimes they will bring me and sometimes it's, oh, I forgot to tell you, I have to be on, you know, Fox News tomorrow morning. And I'm like, um, hello. Yeah. And sometimes it's even either after the fact or it's, I get a text 15 minutes beforehand. I have actually stood in front of my TV at yeah. home and done a live video right. of my client on TV because he forgot to tell me to come into the studio. I've seen you do that, yeah. yeah listen, it's better than nothing. But you know of- what? And then he'll take a, a selfie and a picture. But it just shows, it also shows him as a human being. Like, yeah. he's polished and perfect when he needs to be in court. But he's also a human being behind the scenes going, listen, we don't always have everything perfect. So it's everything. It's with you doing the actual event and getting the behind the scenes. And it's with the client as well. Exactly. 
Okay, so what's the difference? We're going to, uh, pricing is a big deal and ads and all that stuff. We're going to get in all that stuff now. So what is the difference between organic versus paid social for events? So it just depends on what your goal is. How many tickets do you want to sell? Or do you, are you having a built-in audience that you, it's substantial enough for what you're trying to do? So like very often I will do an event on Facebook and then boost the event. So if I'm planning an event, like when I was running a women's business organization, I would host an event. I would put the whole event on Facebook to sell tickets to the event. And then I would boost it so it could go out to a wider audience. But when you do the paid social, you want to be very specific and very granular in who you're targeting, geographic and demographic. Who is your audience? Who do you want to see this? And what reaction? What do you want to get from that audience? So don't just throw money at paid social if you don't have a goal of what you want out of that. And how much should you be spending? It really depends on you. That's a really hard question. Now, there will be people who will say to you, don't do it if you can't spend $500. But I will say, do it and see what you get. And then you can always test it and you can try again. So sometimes I will spend $10 and I will lose something and it will go to a thousand people and I'll be satisfied with that. Sometimes I'll spend a thousand dollars and I'll say, okay, you know what? I want this to go to this specific audience and I want the reaction for them to go to the website. So it really depends. And I want them to buy a ticket. It really depends on what your goal is, but you really want to think that out, make sure you have the budget for it, and make sure you're very specific with who you're targeting and why. Yeah. I So at one point, which I think I'm going to start doing some ads, a little bit of ad and spending some money for my Facebook group for the event planners. And whenever I, I have a, I have a, an ebook, the seven biggest mistakes people make when planning an event and tips to avoid it. And I usually just put out a little ad for it and it is, it's to collect emails so I can build my list. Okay. So I was paying $5 a day, which is nothing. Right. And I was getting 15 to 20 emails a week. So that's like almost 80 to a hundred new people on my list, just from a little bit of money that I spent. So you don't always, I think the targeting has a lot to do with it, right? Yes. And now you mentioned earlier algorithms, right? All of the social media platforms, Google, everything. It's all algorithm based, basic mathematics. Whoever didn't like mathematics wants to now go back to school and understand this. Yeah, you may not see things like I don't even see some things that friends and family post when I'm on Facebook. Yeah, it just depends on the algorithm. So what why you want to share information about your event way in advance is so that the more times you keep showing it, the more times you show up, the more searchable you become. And then you keep getting in front of your audience. You can also go in and tag people that right. specifically want to see things. And then when you do paid social, it changes it. Let's just be honest. They're, they're not, they're, they're, these are not nonprofit service organizations. These are companies that are looking to make money. And right. they're organizations and companies that are specifically geared towards doing that Facebook ad for with you. So I've had clients spend $150,000 on Facebook ads. And, friends. and now a lot of brands, because of everything going on with Black Lives Matter, a lot of brands are actually boycotting doing ads on Facebook and Instagram. Mm. They want to enact change. It may or may not be a good opportunity to start doing some paid social in order to get seen in front of a wider audience. But I will again say the same thing goes for doing just the organic. Be very specific. What is your call to action? Who are you targeting? Where are you targeting them? Demographic, geographic, and making sure that you're doing this consistent. And also a really simple, easy tip is change the picture. You can have the same copy, change the picture. I did that several times and certain pictures attract people to it. Absolutely. And it made it not worry. Make sure you put a lot of words in your picture. Make sure no more than 20% of the photo is words. 
Yeah, I don't even put words, honestly. Maybe I put my logo and make productions, but I think I just use the picture that draws them in to see what is this. Um, I'm lucky because I am in the event business and I can put great, fun, interesting, beautiful pictures. That makes a difference. I'm very lucky that way. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are some tips and tricks to ensure engagement of the audience at a virtual event? Yep. So we talked about this a little bit earlier and how I was talking about Salesforce and I was talking about feeling engaged with everyone in the room because we were following the same hashtag. So tags are still very big. You can create a hashtag for your event. People do it for weddings all the time. They have funny little silly little ways of connecting themselves with the hashtag for their wedding, like Ben, tie the knot or whatever they use. Yeah, exactly. Create a hashtag for your event, whatever your event is, and also use other types of hashtags that relate to what kind of event it is, nonprofit, what industry it's in, things like that. And then engage people using that on social media. Don't just wait for people to come to you, be proactive. Everything with engagement is being proactive. I'll give you an example of that. I was going to do an event for a law firm down in Florida, in Amelia Island. We worked for an entire year, and it was bringing together their associates, and I was the outside expert to tell them how they can use social media to basically build their law practices within the firm. Right. One of the partners in the firm, he got his biggest client through Twitter, and it's very interesting, and it was all because... They both follow a rock band and they go to concerts and they engage at the concert all the time. Now, this is granted a year and a half ago, so pre-COVID, but they engage all the time. And he started making sure that he engaged with this person. They engaged so often on social media, having conversation that they became friends and met up at a concert and started to get to know each other. And now it's his biggest client. That's amazing. So that's one really good example, very high-end example of engagement. The Another example, and you talked about our friend Liz King. Liz King used engagement at her events all the time. And basically, you would get the hashtag, you'd follow it, and then you'd start conversations with people that were in the room or not in the room. And you'd start to get to know each other, but it has to come from the top down. Right. So you want to establish a hashtag for the event and you want to start the conversation. You want to be, it depends on your event, but you want to be in control of the conversation and start it. It's going to go off and have its own life. I like to say that social media are spider webs. You start with your core and then your spider web goes out in every direction and creates new cores. And I love using that as an analogy because it's really fitting for what can happen and that's what we do when we introduce people to each other. You yeah. introduce me to, let's say you introduce me to Karen, and then I become part of a little pod with Karen, and then that branches out right. to something else. So that's how we all get to know each other. It's the same on social media, and it's the same. And not just Twitter, your favorite platform, but you can do this on Facebook. You can do the engagement in groups. Let's say you pose a question in the event planning group, and then you don't know where it's going to go, but you are controlling it and posing the question, and you never know what you're going to get from it and who's going to come and get engaged, who's going to tag someone and say, oh, wow, you should know about this, and it may be the exact person you and that needed to meet. I've been tagged on many things on social media, and I've gotten work from it. Yes, absolutely. question looking for an event producer, blah, 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 and they tag me. I get, like, all of a sudden, my social media is blowing up. I'm like, what's going on? I've been tagged. So. That's the best case scenario where you're being engaged and you're not even doing anything to do it. You're being engaged and you're now getting work from it. That may not always be the goal, but engagement, people want to be seen and heard. Yeah. You show them that they're being seen and heard by using social media to engage them you're going to get more and more people talking about different things. And when you're on your virtual event, you need to, even though you might think that people are know what to do, you have to tell people what to do and provide them with the materials to do it. That's speakers and sponsors and all of that. Even though we provide marketing materials for all the speakers and sponsors, it doesn't always mean that they do it. 
We hope that they do. They're not very good at it. It's been years of doing this and they're not very good at it unless there's an incentive for them. But, and that's a whole other conversation, but providing the materials. And then if you're on a virtual event and if you sent a gift box that has the hashtag on it, that's on a little sticky thing that has a cloud or whatever, and they hold it up. That's that keeps other people that are on the screen who maybe not work, didn't get the box for the VIP. They see it. So you're always bringing up the social media and the branding of the company is super duper important. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So a bunch of years ago, I worked with a chocolate company. That was pretty, pretty good to get those perks behind the scenes. <laughs> exactly. And I went to the candy show, the chocolate and candy oh show. In, I think it was in Chicago. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And I ran around, and I was not only doing the social media for the client, but then I was engaging all other people around the room and with the client and running around. Well, what happened was because we were involved in this big event, it was so big that you somebody may miss his booth. They yeah. may not come over here because the event is so big, and they only have a certain amount of time. But when you are engaging on social media, even with other brands, that your potential client could see you engaging with a completely different brand, who is a wine brand, then that person sees your name and they can come and find you. And that's like that whole spider web, but it's like how this, this whole world works, being able to bring people in when they don't even realize that you relate to this. And maybe you do not at all. But by serendipity, because you're being there and you're engaging authentically with everyone, your name is being seen. So we do have a few questions. If anyone has any questions, we're coming up on the hour here. But if you have any questions, please put them in the chat and we'll we'll get them to, to Joni. All right. Mike says, how often should you send out social media posts? It really depends on what your goal is. Um, each platform is different, right? Each platform is different. So Instagram is definitely more often. Um, some people will put up three in a row on Instagram. And that's okay because they're establishing within their profile, they're establishing a look and feel. It used to be that you should just do it a couple of times a week. Now I'm going to say there is no real rule. You can read things all over the place. You can read rules about when you should post, what time you should post, how often you should post. But it really depends on your audience. Obviously, you don't want to annoy your audience. But your audience also, you want to remember the algorithm, and you want to make sure that what you're sharing is something that your audience wants to get. They don't need to constantly see what you're making for dinner or breakfast. That's not engaging unless you're a chef. Right. If you're a chef and you're putting that out and you're showing what you're doing at home, then I'm more intrigued. But if you're just like an average person and you're putting out, hi, I'm making steak and eggs again. Yeah. Not enticing to me as your audience, but it may be to someone else. You just have to remember who you're talking to, what you're trying to say to them. If you're just a a normal human being doing it, if I'm doing it and my niece and nephew see that I'm posting about my corn muffins that I just made, great. Maybe more corn muffins. But maybe my business doesn't really care about my corn muffins. But also, too, my because I'm a business, I do incorporate some personal things, but I don't post them. For For example, on Instagram, I don't really post like per- once in a while I do a personal picture and I should do personal more a little personal on there. I, I do keep my personal life private usually, but Instagram is where I post things that are fun. Right. Um, what I did on the weekend or things like that. If I'm on a boat, if I'm at the shore, whatever. And then I know in 24 hours they're gone, but I generally, and I know that you should do a little personal stuff, but, and we post, so I have a marketing director that handles all of my marketing and, and he's been with me for eight, nine years now and he's fantastic, but we post and we, we will post, we as given as a gift, we put, po- we market all of our clients events and I don't charge for that, That's but it's just to my platform and it markets me and it markets the client's event. So we do it as a gift, even though I have to pay my marketing guys to do that. It's not a huge expense for me, but it's an added bonus as a planner. 
if you're, you know, get, trying to give out free things or trying to show them discounts and things like that, I do market for my clients. We create posts and you could probably, I can't remember, but I know, and we create like 10 different posts relating to whatever the topic is. Perfect. We have three or four different pictures and we post like, we run them different ones on Twitter and then LinkedIn. But you don't want to do as many on LinkedIn because it's, it's a more business thing. And then Facebook and then Instagram. I usually do my own Instagram just because it's a thing that I do. And then I post all my, it's just something I've been doing. So it, there are different amounts of times like Twitter. You can do more than a Facebook post and different days. do every hour. I can, sometimes I'll do Twitter one after another. It's not so fast. Yeah. It's not, they don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, I would say a couple times a week, depending on what you're doing. If you're in event mode, you can do more often, but make sure you change up what you're posting. Just like you said with the different graphics, I'd say make sure you're not selling the whole time. If you're talking about your event and you're selling tickets, change it up a little bit. Yeah. Information, maybe your event, let's say, let's make this up. Let's say it's a nonprofit event. Talk about what the nonprofit does. Talk about if maybe it's a nonprofit for children's brain tumor. Talk about what accomplishments in that world of research have happened recently. If there's been any news on it, maybe highlight a sponsor or highlight one of the kids if it's children's brain tumor. I did an event for the Children's Brain Tumor Foundation where we sold, we did an event with the kids. They created art and then we sold the art. We had a, like a class and we sold it. And we highlighted the art. So it became not about buy a ticket or donate, but it became about the art. So do different things. For Facebook, again, we talked about algorithms. So the more often you post, the more you're seen. Could be on at eight in the morning, or they could be on at four in the morning, or they could be on at 6 p.m. Don't know. Anybody can tell you, do these standard times. Yes, but or yes and. Yeah. So it really depends. But I would say the biggest thing is change up the look and feel of the content, change up the call to action, and just remember that you want to capture different audiences on different platforms. Instagram more often, Twitter way more often, mm -hmm. Facebook a little less often, LinkedIn, I'd say once a day. Yeah. And I, I love maybe every other day, depending on who you are. Certain people on LinkedIn will be on all the time, multiple times a day. That may work for them. It may not work for you. And I also find that stories, I get more engagement on story. More people see my stories than they will or they see on Instagram, but they not, they're not commenting. And I, of course, I can see who sees my stories. Absolutely. It's nice to see. And if you see people always like looking at your stories, you can reach out and, and, and engagement with them. And those are things that you have to look at. So we have a question from Jessica. Hi, Jessica. How can I utilize my event pages on both Facebook and LinkedIn to engage my audience before the event? Absolutely. A great question. And we touched upon this a little bit beforehand. You can tag people. You can promote the events. You can do a boosted post on either LinkedIn or Facebook. You can pay for LinkedIn as well in ads. You can share that also as a link in emails. You can text it to people. So there's a lot of ways you can use those events. I love setting up an event on Facebook and LinkedIn to show people that they also can follow and you can update them there as well as on your own profiles or your own business pages. Thank you, Jessica, for the question. Okay, and then actually we have another girl, someone else named Jessica. I don't know if this is the same Jessica. I know, but where should I pay for ads? Which we talked about ads, but some people say that LinkedIn's good. Some people say that Facebook, and then I know that is there Instagram. So where are the platforms that we can get ads and what is your experience with those? So you can get ads on every platform. You can do ads on Pinterest. You can do ads on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. It really depends on what your goal is. Again, I'm gonna go back to that. So as much as I love to be really specific and say, do this here only, yeah, yeah, it really depends on who you're trying to reach. Here's a good example. So I had a client that we only did LinkedIn 
and the client was a big printing company and they owned seven facilities around the country, family owned printing company. Their events are they in their printing facility, they bring in local colleges and universities to give them a tour to show them. So our target market were like the operations directors and the people that ran marketing departments at colleges and universities. So we chose one geographic area and then we did specific ads targeted to those people's uh, titles in that geographic area, let's say Boston. And that ad went specifically to those people for an event to invite them to come into the facility locally in Boston. So you can get extremely granular. Again, you have to have what is your call to action? Who are you trying to reach? In that case, those are the specific people we were trying to reach and get them into a specific event at a specific date and time in their local neighborhood. So again, it just all depends. If you're being general, I would say do a Facebook ad, do an Instagram ad, do a LinkedIn ad, spend a little bit of money on LinkedIn, spend $100 or $150, and make sure you're very granular in what and who you're targeting. Okay. Okay, great, great advice. I will say this. Otherwise, you're just going to throw the money out there and you may not get the results you're looking for. Then you'll blame it. You have to be strategic. It's just with your events, you need to be strategic. Okay, that's it. I don't have any other questions. If anybody has any other questions, it's super great. I just want to say one thing is you need to be consistent. I can't say that enough, and I'm sure, Joe, you can you can agree here. You have to be consistent. It may feel like nobody is seeing you and nobody's paying attention. It's like right now I can see there's a few, there's a, some people, there, not a lot of people are on, but I know that other people are seeing this because when I look back at the videos, there's 400 people who viewed my video. Yeah. So I may not see it, and I can't see who viewed it, unfortunately. I wish that they would change that so we can see who viewed yeah. But they don't allow that to do it once you're, when you're doing these videos. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you just never know who's watching and you need to be consistent because people, again, with the algorithms and all of that, yes. but people will see you. You just need to be Absolutely. consistent. And I want to make a point with regards to that. And that's a great, something great to point out. And that Google is a search engine. We all know Google is a search engine. Google owns YouTube, which is also a search engine. Right. So is Facebook. Facebook is also a search engine. If you do a search on Facebook, you're going to see things in Facebook and you're going to see articles and things that are not in Facebook. You'll click on a link and you'll go to an article on Google. So keep that in mind that when people talk about doing paid ads and things, you can do Google ads, of course, but you can also do Facebook ads and you're in a search engine doing it. Yeah. And as much as people say, I hate social media, I don't want to do it anymore, this or that, there is a lot of community on social media. It's not going away. It's getting bigger. They're figuring out ways to manage it and to grow it in substantial ways so that it benefits people in addition to businesses. And I'm now venturing into the Facebook, and I'm now venturing into the Facebook group thing. So I know I've been fighting that, but I have to because I, I have so much I want to get to the event planners and I want to teach people. I love to teach as well, but I'm excited about it. And I think it's going to be fun. It's just a lot of work. It's more work that, you know. Of course it is. But you know what you're doing what, by creating that group is you're doing the engagement. You're starting the conversation, creating right. community, which then can help you create and build the community. It's all about you don't always have to be the one that's answering and engaging everyone, you'll find there'll be a few strong candidates in there and they may be a benefit to you because they're helping by answering some of those questions that you may not be able to grab really quickly. And they'll learn off of each other, which is because I could not have my business without the colleagues in this industry we yeah. help, especially now, we really come together because the industry is a little bit of a mess right now. So we're, I could not do this without people who do exactly what I do and 
people might say they're competition, but at the end of the day, we all help each other and we're hiring each other and we're reaching out to each other and supporting each other, which is super important. And that's what you need is the support from your colleagues that are going through it. I see that it's a real community of people who want to help each other. They can. It is. U-E-I-E. It's all about everyone can grow together and everyone can yeah. I'm so honored to be in the event industry and there at this really, I, it, my heart breaks right now for so many people in the event industry who can't work right now. Just, I'm fortunate because I pivoted my business. I, you just have to, it's hard. It's hard, especially DJs or lighting people. They're not doing, they're not doing that much work because they're not live. So it's a problem, but hopefully they're going to turn this around soon. So how can everybody find you? Let's talk about that because I know if you're looking for a marketing director, you must reach out to Joan. She's amazing. So how can we find you? Thank you. So I have a website. Don't judge it. It's being worked on as we speak. I'm the cobbler with no shoes. Yeah. Every client of mine has great stuff. I just threw up a website for somebody on GoDaddy at the last minute. Everyone else has great stuff. Mine is Joan pelzersocial.com. You can find me there. You can email me. You can text me. You can connect to me on all different platforms. I check my messages. It's so funny because people will Facebook message me and yell at me and go, how come you didn't write back to me right away? When I'm on Facebook, sometimes I'm on as a client and I forget yeah. to check it as myself, my messages. Yeah. And so the be- very best way to get in touch with me is actually email Joan at JoanPuzzlerSocial.com. Easiest way to get in touch with me. And if you want some help, I'm happy to consult and talk to you. It doesn't always have to be a monthly retainer. It can just be a consultation because right. everyone needs some help. Yeah, for sure. Right now. Well, I love you to pieces. Oh. Uh, thank you so much for doing it. I know. Big virtual hug. Thank you so much, Joni. Thank you, you yes, your audience. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We hope you learned some great tips here, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.